This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, September 15th, 2013. Soul Detox, Germ Warfare. Thank each and every one of you for being here tonight. If you changed plans, we especially thank you for making that change. And I hope that you're to be here as much as we are that you're here. Yeah, the f***ers now. Wow. You know, it's incredible how most of those f***ers over time have, with job transfers and um, have, have, uh, had, have had to move away. But wow, those 14 families. So as Alan said, we had one room, and that's room is what now is the finance office. Those of you who have been in the finance office, you know that's not in the loft, all you guys. That wasn't a while back. That, that was, was that was just and most recently the I'm glad you're laughing because this has been a hard one. I know it was really hard for Barry to try to think that way and produce this. It was hard because you had most blips. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. There is a point to this, though. Yeah, there is a point. Isn't it interesting, if you were here Monday night, that's where that was taken from. We didn't use any words or gestures that needed to be beeped out. And yet, you know, we had some fun with it. But you know, the culture kind of teaches us, when you see something like that, we kind of mentally try to figure out what, what the beep was, doesn't it? You know, we're, we gotta be careful of the culture because, you know, there are a lot of things out there that do need to be bleeped. And so we get almost used to that bleepy thing so, you know, today, welcome to, to week three of Soul Detox. We're going to focus on germ warfare, cleansing our lives of cultural toxins this morning. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for this opportunity to share maybe not the most comfortable message, but truth of scripture. And Lord, uh, we're all over the map in what we think about you or what we believe, but take each one of us, Lord, and help us move one step closer to a full relationship with you and the life that you offer us. We thank you for this day. Open us up. We pray this in your name. Everybody gathered said, amen. amen. Yes, today we are talking about germ warfare. Now, unless we're in this antiseptic bubble, we all get exposed. We get exposed to germs all the time. There's microorganisms that cause disease, that infect uh, plants and animals, human beings. Our challenge is to protect ourselves so that we don't get infected, so that we don't get sick. And so we're careful, you know, we wash our hands before meals, we wash our hands after, you know what. And um, 
I was a nurse before God called me into ministry, so, you know, I'm used to the gloves and being very, very tuned in to toxins and, and disease. If we cut ourselves, it's really important to clean it well and then put something on it, cover it so that it doesn't get infected. You know, the dreaded MRSA that we hear, uh, you know, that happens, or VRE or staff. Wow. Those things, those organisms that we can't even see, but that infect us, not only are harmful, but they can be deadly. See, the thing is that we live in another, in the middle of another type of germ warfare. In this case, we aren't really um, talking about microorganisms as much as we're talking about cultural toxins. Cultural toxins. Those things in the culture around us that are toxic. Things in the culture that are poisonous. Things in the culture that are deadly. Not deadly to our physical being but to our spiritual being. They're toxic to our souls. And our challenge is this. Uh, as Carrie said, we're diligent about protecting ourselves from, from um, disease-causing germs in our lives. Are we as diligent in protecting ourselves from these uh, cultural toxins that surround us and, and attack us all the time? In both cases, the germs are pretty easy to overlook. I mean, we don't even see the germs that infect us. We see the effects of the germs. But in our culture, the cultural toxins, we don't often see them. We don't often hear them, not because they're small, but because they are so common. Not because they're small, but because they are so common. We fail to recognize those cultural toxins because we get used to them. And that's not always healthy. So let me give you an example. Way long ago, there was a show, I Love Lucy. Anybody ever see the old I Love? And I know you saw it in syndication because, you know, you certainly didn't, back in, it was on TV from 51, 1951 to 1957, black and white. Remember, it was one of the first TV shows, one of the all-time most popular television shows. And the thing is, and I remember this, not just from this message, but way back when, I just thought it was so strange how pr uh, prudent they were in those days. Do you remember any bedroom scenes with Lucy and Ricky? And they had two separate single beds, if you remember. Now, this is a couple who's on the show married, hello, but the thing is, in real life, they were married. And yet, that's how um, uh, kind of uh, prudent they were when it came to those kind of topics or those kind of scenes on television. Let's move forward to today. Hello, think about what we see on TV. And I remember when cable first came out, it was like, oh, you know, cable had everything. I'm not even talking cable now. I'm talking like your standard CBS, NBC, ABC. The stuff you th never thought you would see on TV, there it is. And the thing is, we didn't jump from Lucy and Ricky to today, did we? In one jump, it was a little bit at a time, just gradual, gradual, gradual. And you get used to that, and then you get used to that, and then you get used to that. <laughs> And then you've got what you see on television today, and whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> well, our point here isn't to be ridiculously prudent. 
That, that's not the point at all. I mean, Lucy and Ricky, the, those, that arrangement that they had did seem a little bit strange. <laughs> and yet, don't we need to be careful about what we allow to enter into our minds, into our hearts, into our bodies, the damage that those toxins can do? Shouldn't we, you know, just as we're careful about the real germs that infect our bodies, shouldn't we be concerned and careful about the cultural toxins and the damage that they can do? So see, several weeks ago, we were going to go to a movie. We love the movies, especially when they're at 4 o'clock in Dover for 550, because um, <laughs> that's affordable. But we were going to go to a movie, and we were kind of in the mood for a comedy, so we We'd been seeing these trailers for this movie, The Heat. The Heat. It stars Sandra Bullock and um, Melissa McCarthy. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, and it looked kind of funny. And, and, but I had a little hitch in my spirit. And I seem to have that these days when the movie says comedy and R rating. The, because when those two are together, it just sometimes isn't a good mix. So on my... Um, phone, I have this app called IMDB, Internet Movie Database. I mean, it's got every movie, and it's got, I mean, everything about the movie, especially stuff that there's bad stuff in a movie, it gets it right down to the nth degree. So I looked this movie up. It told me a whole lot, but here, here's the one thing. It says, heat. Non-stop graphic language and gestures, including sexual terms and derogatory terms toward Boston natives and police officers. 150 F-words. <laughs> 100, and the movie's only an hour and 57 minutes. It's only, it's just a little bit under two hours, 120 minutes. 150 in 117 minutes. Yeah, you're shaking your head, especially if you saw the movie, right? Because you're going... No way. Now, now I got it. They didn't pretend that it was because the, the, the description of the movie says it's about an uptight FBI special agent who is paired with a foul-mouthed Boston cop to take down a ruthless drug lord. Apparently, they weren't kidding about the foul mouth uh, from, from those numbers. Wow. Well, even though we wanted a good comedy, uh, <laughs> we chose to not see that movie. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to but decided after that description that I really didn't need to have those kinds of words come into my head. Um, it's kind of funny. We were talking yesterday. Uh, we had uh, my aunt visit yesterday, 83 years old, and uh, we were talking about this message, and I said, you know that movie, The Heat? She goes, oh, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> and I'm like... She goes, yeah, there were some bad words in it. I'm like, you know how many? She says, no, what? And I'm like, 150 of those, like, really bad and words. And that's just the one. That's yeah. just the one. And she's like, wow. You know, what happens is that we begin to hear it, hear it, hear it, and we quit noticing it. We quit noticing it. And our point here is to not be overly judgmental. We're not implying that we haven't watched those kinds of movies or TV shows. We're not saying that at all. We're, we're just saying that we need to kind of open our eyes to what's 
going on as far as the cultural toxins mm -hmm. around us. Our point is that we are, we live in a culture where we are bombarded, literally bombarded with language and images that are less than wholesome, that are less than God-pleasing, images and, and language that they're toxic. They're absolutely toxic. And that constant bombardment can gradually wear us down to the point of not even noticing, not even being aware how toxic uh, the culture is. And the primary thing we want is just an awareness as we share this message today, just an awareness of, of how toxic the culture around us is. So if we're not careful, we can be infected you know, by germs and we get really sick but if we don't pay attention to the culture, we can be infected as well. What we see, what we hear, some of the things that we engage in. You know, I, we raised four kids, and I used to say, garbage in, garbage out, because as we look in, you know, as we take all that in, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. And... Um, Sometimes we don't even notice the amount that's all around us. You know, what's even, in some ways, more alarming than the, the cuss words, the words like that, other words like that, is the use of religious profanity. Um, the use of, like, the Lord's name in vain. Because I think in a lot of places, we, we wouldn't be as alarmed if somebody said, oh, God, as if they used one of the words that we were just talking about previously. And yet... I think God's probably much more on that one than any other because we are not to take the name in vain. But, and yet all the time we hear Jesus or God or Lord thrown out in, in, in not a reverent, not an honoring way. Uh, you know, many a time we've had a, a great movie clip for just perfectly makes the point. And then the guy has to throw out uh, an irreverent use of the word for the Lord and say, well, we can't, and we aren't able to edit it. It just would be too odd, and we just can't use the clip because we're not going to share that here because that's totally contrary to what we would want to do. So we've used kind of an extreme example, but a relevant one with the heat because that's, that's out right now. And, you know, how many uh, bad words are in that in a very short period of time so the question becomes this, what's acceptable? I mean, we wanted to go to a movie. <laughs> so we look at all the movies and we're looking things up on this app that Alan has and it's like, oh wow, we found one. It only has 25 of those words. <laughs> I mean, really, 25, oh, of, what a of relief. That, of that what one a word of that one word. Not oh, that's awesome. Well, let's go to that one. Mm. I mean, which we didn't do. <laughs> which we didn't do, but see, if we get used to it, we just don't see it anymore. Yeah. Even a little bit. It's like the story Craig Rochelle, share, Rochelle shares in the uh, book Soul Detox, which we're kind of using for a basis for some of our messages in this series, where a woman, he tells the story of a woman who's trying to help her son understand where even a little bit is a lot. When, when he's trying to convince mom to let him go to a movie 
And, you know, and she asked him about it. He says, well, there's just a little bit of bad stuff in it. So she says, okay. And he goes on his way. He comes back in the house, ready to go to the movie. And she's prepared him his favorite treat, brownies. She's got one on the plate. And just as he's about to put it in his mouth, she says, now, I've got to tell you, there's a special ingredient this time. And he said, what is it? He said, well, I took some of the dog droppings from the backyard and put them in the brownies. Of course, he doesn't bite into it. <laughs> but he goes, Mom, Mom, why would you do that? What, what are you doing? And, and she, you know, she said to him, she said, you don't have to worry. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. You know, whether it's an unwanted ingredient or it's something toxic to our souls, a little bit <laughs> goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah. So we crossed the line. I mean, I'm like watching your face. Some of you are going, like, oh, no. You it's know, we didn't give them the brownies like we were I know. To I know. Front. Well, let's take a look and see what the Bible says about this. Because the Bible is our manual, and our manual for life. There's a guy named Paul. He wrote the second half of much of the second half of the Bible. And he addresses this whole thing that we're talking about in his letter to the Church of Rome. Here's what Paul writes. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. But that's good advice, isn't it? Great advice. Gosh, if we were able to do that day in, day out, hour in, hour, minute by minute, wow. What, what it would do to this germ warfare when it comes to cleansing our lives of these cultural toxins. So here's the thing, as believers of Jesus, and not all of us here are believers of Jesus, some of us are kind of curious about Jesus and what that life is all about, and then there are others of us that are like, yes, you know, he's my Lord and Savior, and then we're all in between, so we're all over the map here. We're all over the map. But as those of us who do follow Jesus as our Lord, here's what we read in 1 Peter. The Bible says, as obedient children, that's us, no matter how old we are, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. Read the last line with me. God said, I am holy you be holy. You know, the Greek word that is here translated holy, the Greek word for that is hagios, 
which means to be set apart, to, to be different, to be separated. And, and generally things, when we think of them as holy, they're set apart with the understanding they're set apart for God's use. Okay? And so if we are to be holy, then we are to be set apart, separated, different, not conforming to the standards of the world so that we can be for God's use. And with that in mind, then, we can't follow the ways of the world because the ways of the world here, God's ways are here. If they're different, you can't have a foot in both camps, can you? You got to be one or the other. You got to choose. So what does that look like? Well, for example, maybe at work or at school or at home or when we're hanging out with our friends, when people are sharing things that we know, we know aren't good, or saying things that aren't right or honorable, we might just kind of quietly, you know, pull ourselves away from that. We are not suggesting that you call anybody out, that you embarrass anybody, but you just kind of remove yourself from that. Now, if you're in a small group with a, another God follower or a Christian and that kind of thing's going on, it's okay to say, whoa, 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 you know, God calls us to more than what's happening because we all fall. We all get caught in those kinds of ruts. But you see, when we don't participate in, a, in an honorable way, people kind of notice. They notice that there's just something different. And it is so challenging to do that. It's really challenging. I like to be liked. I mean, I really want y'all to like me, and I like the people that I'm around to like me, and if I begin to separate myself, they might not like me. They might not like me if I don't join in with whatever's going on, but holy means to follow Christ, to try to lead a life that honors God and that means that we set ourselves apart. You see, we're in the world. This is, this is from Scripture. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in there. We can't, I mean, we're part of the world, but we don't have to enter into that kind of cultural toxic stuff. That's what holy is all about. And as Gary said, it's not always easy. When I look back to my previous employment when I was with Prudential, I think of the, like our sales meetings and that sort of thing, and I realize there are times where I should have separated myself out and not participated in some of the talks, some of the jokes, some of the things that were being said, and I didn't do that often. I didn't necessarily um, uh, act in a holy fashion, but was more part of the crowd. And, and you know, realizing even though I was in church, even though I was uh, thought of myself as a Christ follower, I sure didn't act like it. I sure wasn't you know, sometimes we can share a message without saying a word, right, just by our actions, by what we do. I wasn't doing, it very, doing a very good job at sending a message because I was part of the culture at that point. And again, the challenge is to not be ju judgmental, to not come across as like holier than thou because that's a real put off too. That's a very, but just kind of subtly, <laughs> try to make a difference. When I was in my 20s, I got more serious about my relationship with Jesus than before. I was studying the Bible. I was trying to figure out what it meant to me 
to be a Christian. And so I worked in the intensive care unit. I was a critical care nurse at Peninsula Regional Medical Center. And, um, you know, in the break room, I'd walk in for my cup of coffee and the conversation would stop. Well, they were probably telling some dirty joke or using some foul stuff. And I never said, you know, I love Jesus. How about you? I was just kind of like, just kind of like there. And, but they knew. They somehow knew. People somehow know. And so at first I thought, gosh, this is making me feel kind of uncomfortable that they just feel like they can't talk around me. And then I got to feeling like, well, that's okay. Maybe for five minutes they'll clean up their language or they won't say those kinds of things. And so I had to become okay with it. And I was still included and part of the gang and everything, but it's, it's hard at times to set ourselves apart without being offensive to others. Again, from the book Soul Detox, Greg Rochelle points out that if our purpose is merely to follow the rules so we can be good about being great Christians, then we're missing the point. And not to mention a lot of joy. It's kind of like the Pharisees in the I scripture were very good at holding that law, but they kind of lost the spirit of the law, if you remember. And that, that wasn't really a very good, healthy, online, spiritual you know, position to be in. You know, we have tremendous freedom in Christ. That's what we talk about. My chains are gone. I'm free, free, free in Christ. But with that freedom, we must learn to balance that freedom against the standards that God gives us in terms of being a part um, for me, the difference apart between in this confessing world. Um, to God and for example, human we could have gone to that movie that day. That, um, and and um, the truth is, we probably would have laughed some at it, to be quite honest. Be and, and if we'd gone, we still love Jesus, right? It's not like, oh, we don't like Jesus anymore because we walked into that movie. So uh, the thing is, um, we could go to the movie and still be a Jesus lover. Should we have gone to that movie? Not after for us, what, for no. us, not after what we knew. That wasn't a good. It wouldn't have been a good decision. Or, you know, I, I could go into places. Uh, which where I would dishonor myself, others, my wife, God, and then, and if I did, would that mean uh, can I still love Jesus even if I make some bad choices like that? Yes. Should I go in there? You can you can fill the blank in on that one. That doesn't take a genius, does it? In other words, just because I can do things, it doesn't mean that I should do those things. It's not up to us to draw that legalistic line in the sand for you, just as it's not up to you to draw that legalistic sand in the line for others. We all have to be prayerful and try to figure that out for us. If we're Christ followers, then the Bible is clear about the way Christ wants us to be. I, I hope you, you take the Bible and you open it up. If you've never read the Bible, let's start with the book of John. It's kind of in the middle. You know, look it up in the table of contents, John, and read that. It's wonderful, and it teaches all of us about Jesus. Uh, should Christ followers never go to an R-rated movie? I don't know. I mean, we can still love Jesus and do these things. Uh, the Passion of Christ was rated R. 
we all, those of us who saw that, really um, were awakened, and it had a lot of spiritual value. But there does have to be a line, and the line, you need to pray about where the line is for you, but I'm telling you, God's standard is a whole lot different than my standard. And so if you want to know about that, then hook up with somebody who's, you know, walking with Christ or read the Bible. And over time, we can figure out where that line is for each one of us. Mm. And so here was we're uh, clo- getting ready to close today this message. We have three questions for you to consider in order to kind of protect yourself when it comes to uh, germ uh, warfare. Uh, Take your program out, or if your smartphone, if you'd rather put it on there. There's a place on there for notes. Uh, If you open the program, it's on the left, inside left. And there should be a pen in the seat ahead of you if the people put it back like I asked them to last service. By the way, when you get done, please put it back for the next people who are gonna be here. Not today, but next week. Pull the pen out, click it. Here we go. Question number one. Everybody ready? Question number one, am I being entertained by sin? (laughs) Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Am I being entertained by sin? Just because something is entertaining doesn't mean it's good for you. I mean, like I say, we probably would have laughed at that movie. We would have found it entertaining, but that doesn't mean it's good for it. Just because you laugh doesn't make it right. You know, I've never ceased to be amazed at how some truly funny uh, people comedians think that they have to be crude and filthy in order to make people laugh. Now, they do make people laugh with that crude stuff, but I find some of those guys extremely humorous when they are perfectly clean with their humor. In fact, funnier, in fact. And um, it's so refreshing when, when someone can bring out laughter without having to crawl through the sewer to do it. So the first question, am I being entertained by sin? The second question is, is this pleasing to God? Whatever we're engaged in, is this pleasing to God? You know, I think that's an important question to ask ourselves all throughout the day, in the evening, whatever we're doing. Am I pleasing God? The bottom line is that God created you. Nobody here is an accident. God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to live and die and rise again for you, whether, whether you believe that or not. You've been created by the Most High God. There's nothing you can do that will cause God to not love you. And so, you know, whatever you've done, whatever I've done, I know that God forgives me. But the question that's important to ask that I need to ask myself is what I'm doing, honoring God, what I'm doing, pleasing God. And then the third question, does this lure me away from Christ? Does whatever it is I'm going to look at or whatever, listen to or whatever it is, lure me away from Christ? Is this activity I'm involved in bringing me closer to Jesus or further away? You know, our, our um, mission here is to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. Shouldn't the things we do connect us closer to Jesus so then we can connect others to Jesus and the life that he offers? So then the question, if it's pulling me away from Jesus, should I be doing it? Should I be listening to it? Should I be reading it or seeing it? 
we really need to go, give our youth ministry team huge kudos. You know, the Sunday morning team and the Sunday night team, because they've taken this very seriously. They've been talking to our youth for a long time, not just like one sermon like we're doing today. You know, in February is Love Month, and their topic last February was the best sex ever, which really talks about purity. And also they've talked about 3D, make wise media choices. So our youth are talking about that, and they're being guided and, and taught about biblical, uh, what God wants for them. So we thought it was time for us to do that very thing as well. We're going to close this morning with a scripture that very succinctly puts it all together. It kind of says exactly what we're talking about with the perspective um, all about germ warfare. It's found toward the back of your Bibles in a book called Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. Let's see what the Bible says. Check out everything and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. Let's read that together. Check out everything and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. So that's what we're going to challenge you to do this week. To kind of take a look at what's around you. Maybe to have a heightened awareness about what, what you listen to, what you watch, what you see on your computers, whatever it is. Um, think about that. And to close, we're going to sing a song that uh, many of us know. It's called Take My Life. And we encourage you to not just say the words, but think about the words as you sing them or as you listen to them. Because the beginning of the words that Peyton's going to sing is, take my life and let it be consecrated. That means holy or set apart. Consecrated, Lord, to thee. And then together we'll go on and sing, take my moments, Take my hands, take my feet, take my voice, take my lips, take my intellect, take my will, take my heart. So as we sing that, let's kind of like lean into it and sing it almost as a prayer to God so that we can um, make a difference in the world so that we can live the life that God intends for us so that we can connect with Jesus and the life he offers and share that with others. That's the good news of the scripture. God's going to carry us through and give us what it takes to live that way. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, um, this is kind of a, a hard message for all of us. And there are some things that just seem so fun and so coal and help us God make decisions that you want us to make in in what our eyes see what our ears hear what our lips say what we take in and what we put out there and God thank you that there's that your grace your love that's unconditional just covers it all and that there's nothing we can do or say that would drive you far away from us in fact it would drive you toward us even more and we can rest in you and trust in you. 
Thank you, Lord, and hear our hearts as we connect with you, as we sing together, Take My Life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.